Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello, so my guest today is a 77-year-old graduate of the Grand University of Life, a grand life that has taught him who he really is and why he's really here. Now, he shares his experiences with those who are seeking answers. He is the author of Miracle Relationships, A Path to Freedom and Joy, a concise, brief guide aimed at finding and maintaining peaceful, harmonious relationships and will help you understand the purpose of these relationships and their gifts. Welcome to the show, John Campbell. Thank you, John. Thank you for that lovely introduction. No, I'm thank you. Your... Thank you for being on the show today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, that was quite a nice introduction, but quite brief too. So please do tell the listeners a bit more about yourself um, and also about your book. Yeah, well, I think all these things start many, many years ago, really, in a, in a way. Uh, I had an interesting journey. I was born in in India uh, and uh, spent most of my young life in India and Africa. And well, I didn't come to England until I was eight years of age, and I was thrown into a school for the first time because I've never had any schooling, which was a great gift. And I didn't, I didn't really like, <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't take to uh, the 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 UK. You know, I'd been used to running around with the natives, playing with the animals, and yeah. just be, being free. I was a free spirit, really, at a very young age. Yeah. Anyway, I uh, I went through my young years. I had a very uh, alcoholic mother, which was a great gift to me. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I couldn't wait to get away from England. So as soon as I was 16 and a half, 17, I was 17, I joined my first ship in the Merchant Marine. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't realise then I was running. Okay. Started a pattern, right. uh, but but thoroughly enjoyed it because I enjoyed the freedom. Made it through the ranks. I was always very driven, and I was a captain at twenty six. Uh, eventually, I wanted to be a manager. You know, it's that constant seeking, seeking. I was always seeking for something outside of me. I hadn't learned how life worked by then. Yeah, and uh, I got appointed managing director of the company who I'd been captain with to run their operations in Nigeria. Okay, that that was a real experience, and that's when things started to go eventually amiss. I got uh, involved in all sorts of um, trading business, which was let's call it the alternative oil industry, which I know a lot about. (laughs) And um, and I was uh, by this time, I yeah, I was starting to feel the pain. Uh, and as they say, people only change when the pain of staying the same gets bigger than the fear of change. Yeah. And uh, I eventually hit a rock bottom in 97. I lost everything. By this time, I was co-owner and vice chairman of Brighton and Hove Albion Football Club, which was my deepest passion right. outside of my family. Yeah. And every, everything appeared to be going wrong. I was appearing to lose everything that I thought uh, was important and valuable to me. And I realised uh, in the end, now looking back, that was my my awakening point, I call it, where I started to find out the answer to those questions. Who who am I really and 
what it, what am I really here for? Right. So um, yeah, I, I started to address my my issues, as they say, and I um, admitted myself into a rehab. Okay. And after seven weeks of that, which blew my mind, I started reading for the first time in my life. And I started my journey, and that's how my journey began. And, uh, uh, you know, I got to eventually understand how the mind works and, and the, the impact of the subconscious mind, all the memories we get stored, like a computer, mm -hmm. the program, yeah. and how they then play out in our adult life. And, uh, yeah, really blew me away. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. So I decided to study and I went over to the States where I've got a lot of great trainers there. Um, uh, my marriage of 27 years ended. Uh, I eventually, um, yeah, a couple of other relationships, but eventually I laugh now and I say, when I got to 65, 77 now, as you mentioned, yeah. when I got to 65, I said, now I'm mature enough to have an intimate, <laughs> meaningful relationship. <laughs> So, and that's not uh, that's not um, you know demeaning any of my former relationships or my two 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 former wives. Mm -hmm. I look at them all now as magnificent. All happened mm -hmm. as a learning process. Yeah, and that's what prompted me to when I started to realize how how these patterns were playing out not only in my life but in nearly everyone's life. Yeah. Same kind of patterns. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought I'd love to share the. It's like I always feel when when I found the pot of gold, I always wanted to share the pot of gold. So, this book, Miracle Relationships, the Path of Freedom and Joy, was my first um, attempt at sharing the pot of gold. Okay, and um, well, what a share and what a share it is actually. <laughs> um, I just just want to, if you're happy, before we go on to them, I just want to sort of. I mean, thank you for being so open about your own journey. Um, uh, it's interesting what you said about your mum being an alcoholic and what a gift that was and how the marriages that didn't work out, how, again, you can look back on those now and take kind of the positives from those. When you said that your alcoholic mum, it was a gift, what did you what did you mean by that? Well, I mean, first of all, she was the person who I made my devil, the devil. Right. I'd made, well, I talk about this in the book, I'd made a classic separation and I'd made my mother the devil and my father the saint. Right. Neither were true. Mm -hmm. But all, all the time, because we are half our mother, half our father, at a biological level, you know, mm -hmm. and all the time I had that separation in my, in my attitudes toward them, then I would project that into the outside world. So I always had difficulties in, you know, keeping relationships with other women. I was frightened. Basically, I was terrified of women. Right. which is sounds amazing, but I really was. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I was in all-male communities. I was I fitted in in the football club, you know, all-male at that time in those days. Yeah. Um, so, and also I realised now she was a very enlightened woman. You know, she was like so many people who, who go down that route of alcohol and drugs. They find that this... This vibration of this physical world is quite a challenge, and mm. and they they don't know how to handle it. But they're very wise, very wise. And I mean, for example, a small example: as a young child, I would be abused by the little black boys in Africa where I was living. You know, right? And there's so much talk about that, especially in the world of football, which we both love, mm. the racism and all the rest of it. Yeah. And I used to go home crying, you know, as a little six year old and what have you. And my mother would say to me. Sweetheart, 
don't worry about it. It's just because you're different mm. and they're frightened. Mm. Just give just give them love, she said. Just give them love. Mm, right, right. And I thought, wow, that was amazing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that, little things like that. And she, she was always very, very – she used to just model to me, really. That don't believe anything that just because the government say it or the doctors say it or the laws say it. Right. Check out. Check yeah. it out. You know? So she gave me a healthy – a healthy respect for my own intuition, if you like. You know? mm -hmm. She was great, yeah. and um, and what she did in her own life, you know, she 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 was in Malaya when the Japanese invaded, and she ran down the peninsula of Malaya with my sister, who was the only one born then, in her arms, you know, jumped on a fishing boat, uh, went across to Australia, didn't know when she'd meet my dad again. Right. And she, yeah, she was a fighter, you know, and she, um, yeah, she was an amazing lady. And, and thankfully, although I, you know, I had this tremendous rage towards her, mm. but thankfully, I found a process which I write about in my book, The Hoffman Process, where I was able to really get in touch with her childhood. You know, right. She had a very tough childhood and uh, come to peace with it. Um, and I came to a tremendous place of peace with her and really expression of deep love and appreciation so she was a gift and and once i'd done that my relationships with women started to change isn't that it's not rocket science really is not at all no it's amazing isn't it like, i think that's really interesting to understand that because it does make a huge difference to you if you can understand the journey of the person that maybe is like you said you're holding in a, into a certain space in your own mind and in your own emotions but if you can just sort of go, okay, I can understand where they were coming from. And I think sometimes that can make a huge difference to, like you said, then how you decide then to look at them and, and then how that internalizes with you and validates you and can change the way that you then act in your own life. Absolutely. And it's one of the things which I, you know, I invite my clients to do when they're getting into a relationship. You know, once they believe that this is going to be a, you know, a, a, could have a, a possibility of, having long legs, as I call it, mm -hmm. is to sit down and make themselves a sacred space and each one maybe light a candle even to, to really anchor the fact this is a sacred meeting mm -hmm. and each each of the partner tell their life story to the other without any interruption, you know, just let them tell their story. And the reason being is not to play the victim, not at all, but it, at least then you see you get a feel of what your partner's tender spots are. Mm -hmm. So, example, if you've... You know, if you if you've got a partner that was terrorized by parents with violence, shouting and screaming, all the rest of it, you know, you you'll be you'll be very cognizant of you know being mindful of not 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 getting into that because it's going to trigger them in, or it could be being blanked, you know, being ignored. Yeah, it could be not listening. Mm -hmm. You know, so many kids don't get listened to properly by their parents, and not because they're bad people, it's because the parents weren't listened to. Yeah, there's a great there's a great saying I like. You know, if you don't work it out, you'll pass it on. So that's why I always advocate people to do their inner work. Yeah, and it's a it's a lifelong journey. Oh, always, yeah, um, continuously, continuously. It's funny. I was talking to someone about this just the other day, and I said, like, you know, I've been in the personal development field to be twenty years next year, um, and it was. In fact, be 20 years maybe this year by the time this goes out on air. Um, <laughs> Congrats. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, 
and it is that continuous understanding that continuous journey uh because your relationship with you is always evolving and your life is always evolving absolutely absolutely yeah. uh, and and the other thing we do i mean annie and i do it all the time we do things called reality checks and what that is very simple because everything's a perception you see so if i look at annie and i think she's angry about something you know i won't say to her what are you angry about i'll actually ask permission i say can I, i'd like to do a reality check with you and she'll say yeah or she might say no not at the moment I'm, mm -hmm. you know whatever yeah but once she's agreed to it you say you know i'm 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 making up or maybe making up but i'm feeling that, uh, that you're angry about something yeah now she might turn around and say Oh, not at all. I was just thinking about, I was concerned about this, that, the other. Or she might say, yeah, I was. Yeah. I'm angry because of this, that, and the other. And then, you know. So it's, doing, it's making sure we don't assume anything. Uh -huh. I like that saying that when, you, when I assume anything, I make an ass out of you and me. Yeah. Hence the word assume, if yeah. you break it down. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that is great. I mean, that's yeah, something I work on my class. Well, is that permission is really important, isn't it? Because yeah, you know, I might want to, I might be jumping, like you said, I might be assuming, jumping to conclusions. I might want to talk about something that you don't want to talk about. But if you, if I check in with you first, is it okay for me to ask you something? Can we have a conversation sure. maybe about this or that? And it's you know, it, we need to appreciate that actually, the other person might not be in the right headspace to discuss things with you right in that moment. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's wonderful. And that is, you see, but we don't get taught this stuff, or at least I didn't get taught this that's stuff, you know. Right. We don't get taught it at school, that's for sure. Not at my school. I think things are changing. I think they may be doing so. But it's about understanding that if we don't work with stuff, all we're going to do is we're going to pass on mm. what was given to us. Mm -hmm. Or or the other thing is we'll do exactly the opposite yeah. to what was done to us. But in both situations, we're still living our lives in relationship to what happened to us Yeah, yeah. instead of living our own lives. Yeah, we're not finding our own balance there, are we? We're just doing, uh, again, it's, it's amazing how many people say, I just do exactly the opposite of what my parents did. Yeah. And, and then you go, but yeah. what problems is that leading to? <laughs> like, exactly, oh, yeah. 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 And you're still living your life trying to please your parents. In one way, you say, look, mummy, look, daddy. I'm now doing exactly what you did, which screwed you up. Yeah. Uh, or I'm doing the exact opposite to you, so I'm not going to screw. Now will you love me? That's really what's going on at an unconscious level. Yeah. At an unconscious level. I always I always re reaffirm that because people say, oh, that's not what I think. No, no. Yeah. But they say, but hang on, if it's unconscious, how do I know what it is? Yeah. And I say, simple, just look at your life. Yeah, <laughs> your life is your life is a reprint of what's going on in your unconscious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your results, uh, your results will ultimately reflect what you're putting into your life, right? Yeah, or what you've got already programmed into your life. You know, so if you if you if you've got a programming that you're useless, you're no good, you're horrible, all of those things, you know, which amazingly many many parents do put onto their kids, then then you're going to attract somebody that's going to validate that belief you have about yourself mm. so in the end i always say it comes down to learning how to really love yourself and to do that properly you have to i believe anyway you have to let clear out clear the decks first before you put the cream in don't put cream over garbage 
because the garbage will always rain. <laughs> That's a really good phrase, actually, isn't it? Because you can't just like it's just skimming over the cracks type thing, isn't it? And, and yeah. you know, the foundations are still they're going to come through. I think. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And amazing, and, and that's what you work with in your clients, um, and and the stuff that you put in the book for people. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Think. When I wrote the book, John, I think what what really was a burning desire within me because, like, I wrote this book after I'd woken up and said, "Oh my God, how come I was never given this information when I, you know, when I needed it." Yeah. And and that's not an unusual um, response because I don't know if you whether you ever read a book called Families and How to Survive Them by John Cleese and Dr. Robin Skinner. No, but doc, Dr. Robin Skinner was John Cleese's therapist, right. and John Cleese came out of these therapy sessions with exactly the same sentiment. He said, "Bloody hell, why was I not taught this? Why was I've got to teach this?" So he then approached Dr. Robin Skinner and said, "Listen." I want to use my fame as a comedian because I reach a lot of people yeah. who wouldn't normally perhaps be into this kind of stuff, you know. He said, how about you and me sitting down and just doing a book on a question and answer session with me asking all the questions and you giving the answers to mm -hmm. different life situations, relationship situations. And that's what they did. And the book was a bestseller, in fact, in my training, it was required reading. It was one of right. the first books we required to read. Yeah. So I, I, I wanted to do the same thing. Then I want, I, I want to step further because I, I, I think Carl Rogers, a great psychotherapist, said, "What is most personal is most general." Well, for me, I like things easy. You know, if I see a book five inches thick, it may be a wonderful book. I'm sure it will be, <laughs> but I, you know, it's there's a lot of resistance there. Maybe other people are different. But I wanted the book to be simple. I wanted it to be easy to read, quite lighthearted in many places, uh, because never take anything in life too seriously. Mm. Uh, but I wanted it to be accessible to people that maybe didn't have any background in psychology or metaphysics or anything like that. Yeah. And then that, that's what was my was my motivating factor, really. Yeah. Yeah, no, and and it just it covers every relationship as well, right? It's not just those. But we talked about family. We've talked about intimate. Yeah, it, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I have to laugh because as you and I have shared off air, you know, we both got this passion for this wonderful game, which Pelly called the beautiful game, yeah. and I, I think it's a great, great phrase because it is a beautiful game. Yeah. And I see it playing out. You see, and I think, oh my god, I, I wonder if clubs would. You know, get somebody in to help that. And I don't know if you saw, but Lewis Dunk, the Brighton captain, yeah, got set off against Nottingham Forest, and it turned around. He got a red card. I don't know if I can say this. You can edit it out if you don't. No, no, good <laughs> Came out that he got a red card for calling Anthony Taylor, who's, as you know, very bald. He called him a bald P R I C K, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Bang, red cards. In that moment. That's the little that's the little child coming out, you know. Now I don't know who, but some it would have triggered him about somebody. I always say, you know, when was the first or worst time you felt this feeling? And it's always a a, a memory from the past, you know. Because yeah. an adult, you would you wouldn't say that if you're in your adult mind. No, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I I I, I have an issue. Um I, I figured it out a while ago with my road raging 
my road rage is based in my i used to think it was disrespect i used to think like if someone i used to get really angry if someone would pull out on me and not say sorry or mm. give me the v sign or call me uh, uh a wanker or something um <laughs> when they're the ones that are almost like taking the front off my car and i thought well they're disrespecting me and that's why i was getting road rage but actually it just it was a trigger to when my dad used to kind of hit me and all manner of things and then make me apologize for the things that i had nothing i hadn't done anything wrong um and it was interesting it took me a long time to figure that one out um and it was all just dawned on me one day I thought, oh i know i get road rage now because that person is blaming me for something i haven't done that's it that's it and and the people say well what's the solution the solution is always what i talk about a lot in the book it's about forgiveness mm. that's why forgiveness is so powerful and the understanding you know when i actually truly understood this projection whenever i'm triggered whenever i'm angered by somebody's behavior at some level it's because i have a belief about myself mm -hmm. that's that's mirroring that back to me it's what i believe about myself and again giving you an example a practical example again with football uh you've probably heard of solly marsh the brighton winger you know yeah. Solly came to us as a young kid from Lewis. Absolute brilliant talent, fabulous talent, really fabulous talent. And he would, I don't know, he would mess up in the game just like other players would. But him, more than anything, used to, re it used to really annoy me. So my juices would go. So I had to, because I do, I use every ex every situation in my life as an opportunity to heal a, a, you know, a, a, a thought. Yeah. Anyway, I sat with it. I said, now, what is exactly, why am I taking this out? Not personally, because he couldn't hear me, you know, but why am I having this reaction to Solly Marsh particularly and not other players? And then the answer came to me, because he is not fulfilling his potential. He's got so much to offer, because he is. He's a naturally, absolutely brilliant player. Mm -hmm. And Of course, when I sat with it, that's exactly what I thought about myself exactly what i thought about myself i've always had this little bit of a feeling i'm not fulfilling my potential and once i realized that and it came to my conscious mind what was happening yeah i was able to forgive and it didn't bother me it just stopped i stopped getting you know irritated when solly poor guy messed up yeah it's an interesting energy yeah very very much so like you said every, how you were feeling about your own potential and the fact that you'd untapped you had untapped potential in there and you were looking at someone else and you could see, well, you shouldn't be doing that because you're so good. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. So living it was a mess. Living your subconscious yeah. vicariously through someone else's mistake. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, amazing. That's it. I mean, it is a, a crazy, isn't it? How we reflect outwards uh, from our own internal space um, without, yeah. without the faintest idea what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, um, I mean, my my journey of healing, I would say. First of all, I quit drinking because I realised that when I drank, I drank too much, and the balance of my mind became disturbed. I, I, I made I gave the story about when I went out and bought an XJS Jag, brand new, paid cash when I was, you know, high as a kite from a boozy lunch. Yeah, and then you know I was married with. Four little kids, you know, and I'm six foot five. I could hardly get in the thing. When I, so when I sobered up the next day, I had to go back with my tail between my legs and I returned it to the dealership with a heavy loss, you know. Yeah. But that's because the balance of my mind was disturbed. Yeah. 
And I would suggest that many people make this massive decision in their life when the balance of their mind is disturbed, you know. Yeah. It's, you know, getting into a relationship, if you like. Yeah, yeah. So w w when I stopped, there were that my, my journey was really a stop drinking first, that was it, went into a treatment center. Then I came out. Then I did this process called the Hoffman process, which mm -hmm. was the healing of my parental perceived difference with my parents, which was massive for me. Mm -hmm. Wonderful piece of work. Absolutely magical piece of work. I can't speak highly enough about it. So it's all over the world. That looks at your relationship with you and your parents, but also understanding why your parents maybe acted in the way that they are. Yeah, yeah. It goes right back into, and, and you actually do exercises where you walk in your parents' shoes, basically. And it's yeah. a very, very powerful. Right. You know, it's a, it's a course that's been going Mm. 1965 all over the world so anyway i did that i finished that and then you know i did breath work i did all sorts of things but then i came across a course in miracles which to me i was still searching you know i mean my wife at the time used to chuckle she used to say you're always looking for that and i said to her i said you're right i am but i said i'll tell you what when i found what i'm looking for that searching will stop and then i found a course in miracles and although i was still open to many other things and that feeling of searching for an answer to life absolutely went because I found the answer to life. And it was all about changing my thoughts, changing my letting go of judgments, letting go of criticism, letting go of uh, resentments, letting go of everything, just cleaning house. And that was the answer. Right. And as I did that, my, my, my life began changing for the better yeah. and realizing. I mean, nobody ever said to me as a kid, your your natural state is joy. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're born to be joyful, you know, laughter. And uh, nobody told me that. So if we're not joyful, it's only because I like to use the analogy, you know, the sun is always there. That's our joy. All that happens is the clouds go across it yeah. once in a while. And, and uh, so our job is to yeah. get rid of the clouds. I'd like to come, to come back to that point again. But it just just sort of struck me what you said about your early life as well. I mean, I know you said you were bullied at an early age, but you sort of said that the, the restrictions of school and stuff, you were just used to playing, right, and being free and yeah. running around. So I guess you were you were naturally born in, brought into the world where you could experience a certain amount of joy and freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's interesting, you know, John, because uh, that's exactly what I was. And, for example even as a heavy drinker when I was when I was drunk I was never a violent or anything like that I'd be just the opposite I'd be the life and soul of the party I'd be jumping on the table I'd be dancing singing all the things I wouldn't wouldn't do while I was sober okay I did while I was drunk that's not me as a drunk <laughs> yeah 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 I was so that was it so I was used to that and that's why I found any attempt to control you know and I was very free with my kids and I don't think it was a mistake, you know. I've never believed in punishment, and mm. I, I realise now that I think that's why our prisons have so many re-offenders. The old system, I mean, that's changing for the better as well, but in the old days where they threw you in jail and virtually chucked away the keys, uh, so what's actually happening is they're increasing the guilt which got you into prison in the first place. See, that was another realisation was... Most people think that you do something so-called wrong or bad and you feel guilty. In actual fact, it's the other way around. You feel guilty 
and then you have to do something so-called bad or wrong mm. in order to substantiate the guilt. Mm. So that was a big thing of realizing that punishment without without rehabilitation or re-education, just a waste of time, absolute waste of time. And you mentioned in the book about the joy and 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 how that is so significant in life and being, like you said, the natural state generally of a human being, you know, when you're born is to be joyful. Yeah. 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 It, it is something that says I knew people say, well, how can you be joyful all the time? Well, the first thing is not to take anything too seriously, especially yourself, myself. You know, I used to take myself quite seriously. Now I've learned to laugh. I laugh at and and you know, it's not a disrespectful thing. I mean, there's scientific evidence that the first thing that happens when a person laughs, physically laughs, even if it's a forced laugh, this is the interesting thing. The first thing that happens is their immune system gets stronger. Mm -hmm. Now, the opposite is also the case. The minute somebody is in fear, the first thing that happens is the immune system falls, right. weakens. Yeah. So therefore, it's a it's a scientifically proved fact. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I discovered an amazing guy out in India who runs a university teaching what they call laughter yoga. I don't yeah, know if you've ever I've heard of laughter part. yoga. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's fantastic, you know. So both Annie and I are trained as laughter yoga facilitator, and you just get people. And you just start, it's laughing for no reason. And you just yeah. get one person, you know. I start laughing. Everybody yeah. <laughs> starts laughing around me. That's and everyone funny. feels better. Isn't it? I, I noticed that about when I watch comedy or anything like that. Generally, if there's other people laughing, I find it even funnier. Yeah. That yeah. kind of energy that's given off. I was watching something on um, TikTok yesterday. Some guy was a comedian. He was laughing telling this joke and I started to laugh and then this other guy that was sitting next to him just started crying and for some reason or another I could then not I couldn't stop laughing but it was only because I saw the other guy laughing so hard that then I would sort of just joined in with that kind yeah. of level of level of joy yeah it's a beautiful thing I mean it's infectious I don't know if you've ever seen there's a clip I think it was a French French video where a guy gets on a on a underground Mm -hmm. and the whole carriage was full of, you know, the, the the way you kind of see people on the Brighton to London daily, you know, milk train, and they're sitting there miserable, they're, you know, looking up at the thing. It's all over the place. Yeah. And this guy just sits down amongst the carriage of people, and he starts to just stifle giggles, and then that breaks into a laughter. And the, le the end result is the whole compartment are just rocking with laughter. It's a beautiful clip. And it's very true. Yeah, no, I've never seen that. You just start going. That's <laughs> <laughs> just trigger things to start laughing. It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a yawn, infectious, but a much better, yeah. but a much healthier thing to be doing. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting that that joy thing is. So I, I, I love dance music. Um, and I get SAD. So last winter, I thought I'm not listening to any sad music or anything else at all for the whole of the winter. I'm just going to play dance music the whole time <laughs> that it's dark and cold. And last year was probably the, the best winter I've ever had for not having any kind of slumps. Um, That's beautiful. Because, because That's beautiful. I thought, what is the one thing that I know is going to 
almost instantaneously make me feel better. And it was to put some music on very loud in my ears to dance along to or to sing along to. And I did that for the whole of the winter. And I didn't get a cold, a cough or anything else at all. My immune, Like you said, my immune system was obviously protecting me in some way, shape or form as well. So it's now cold and horrible again. And dance music is the only thing on the agenda for the next few months. That's wonderful. Well done, John. Well done. I mean, it's true. There's a lovely lesson in The Course of Miracles. The Course of Miracles contains 365 lessons, one for every day of the week. And one of the lessons is you can be hurt by nothing but your thoughts, by your perception. And, you know, that's... Most people don't want to take that kind of responsibility. They want to blame the outside world. You know, it's the government, it's this, it's COVID, it's that, it's all the other. But in the end of the day, it's not. You know, once we realise how powerful we are, once we realise how powerful our thoughts are, mm. and 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 I'm always encouraging my clients just to keep asking yourself, what is a better feeling thought? A better feeling thought. Mm-hmm. How does it feel when I think this? Doesn't feel good. So how does it feel when I think something else feels better? Okay, think the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds pretty simple. But like you said, people are not really aware of how controlling their thoughts are uh, and the impact that those thoughts have. I mean, I talk yeah. to people a lot and I say, well, it's coming from what are you thinking? And I'm not. No, you are. There's something going on inside yeah. of you that's that's leading to you feeling the way that you're feeling right now and it's got to come be coming from somewhere and it's really important that we look at those thoughts that we are trolling through and seeing what the impact is of those yeah yeah and it's you know with my relationship work that i do very often i get uh individuals singles coming to me saying can you help me i want to find a relationship i'd like to if it's a woman you know Funny enough, it's majority have been women, but they say, I want to find a nice guy. I want to find a nice guy. I want to, uh, I, I'd like to be in a relationship. And the first thing I do is I say, you don't. And they say, well, I do. Yeah, I do. I said, no, you don't. If you did, you'd have one. You're telling me you can't. There's two billion men out there. So you tell, do you know? Well, and then I said, let's start from scratch. Let's examine some of the beliefs you've got around men, or if it's a, a man, I mean, with around women, it's not a sexist thing, it's both both genders. Yeah. And then you, then they sit down and they start to uncover the, the real deep beliefs. And, and a belief is only a thought you keep thinking. Yeah. And it's programmed into you. And then you start repeating it in your adult life. But just, just to analyze them and get it out on paper, that's a big help. And you go to it, and then all you have to do, write down that belief and write alongside it, and I'm willing to change this and i'm willing to change you're not saying i'm going to change it i am willing to change it's just that little bit of willingness and then you'll be amazed at what floods in to help you but it is about i I tell the story in the book about the woman who came with that kind of comment she was a very you know good looking woman very successful very self-assured and she kept having conflict with men and uh she said, I'd love to find the nice man, you know. And then we looked at her fridge, and she had a fridge magnet right across the front of her fridge that said, all men were born equal, equally useless. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, you know, not not judging the poor woman, not, not at all, but saying, hang on, just just get just get real. Look, yeah. you're telling me you want this is a belief. Yeah. So what's gonna happen? 
you're going to get men that are going to reflect back that belief and they're going to be useless. They might they might not be useless to another woman, but they're going to be useless to you because that's your that's your belief. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to seek out, like you said, I, I always like to look at our own personal beliefs, if they're core beliefs or limiting beliefs, so they're our personal truths. Yeah. So yeah. if they don't exist in our life, then we have a tendency to go seeking them. So like you said, with that woman, if she believes that all men are a certain way, She'll yeah. keep finding men that are a certain way so she can fulfill her idea of what men are really yeah. like. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to start tuning into language, you see, when you're, when you're maybe looking for a mate, looking for a partnership. Have a listen to the language. Have a listen to the language. I mean, one of the things that really hit me when I first met Annie, I never, ever, ever heard her refer to men as a generalisation. Right. Never. Mm-hmm. And that's the big one, you know. Because I'll hear guys say, oh, women do that. And I'll say, hang on, you talk about what you do. You know, three billion women. <laughs> so, shall we, shall we change that to the women who you have had experience in your life? Yeah. That may be narrow it down to get a bit more honest. And the same with men, you know, with women talking about men. So, it's, uh, yes. And, and to be lighthearted about it because we've all had programs. Mm. So, it's not about making anybody wrong mm. or bad or whatever. I always say that if, if I'm not getting what I want, it's only because there's some information I still have not yet received. Yeah, I guess that then it's for you to then act on that information to get what you want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's the other thing. I, I had to learn the lesson, you see, because like I said, when I found the pot of gold, when I felt as good as I did, oh, my God, I thought, oh, my God, hey, I'm 65 years of age. How come it's taken me this long? Anyway, I got over that. And then I thought, I've got to share this. I've got to share it out there. What I had to realise, John, was not everybody's ready to hear it. Of course. That's where I had to rein myself in a little bit and then start uh, practising, well, I'll go and talk to people who are leaning. I call it leaning forward. Yeah. Either they've asked me a question, like the woman on the bus, yeah. which was the first time I got suggested that I'll write a book. When people, and they will. The right people will come to you. They'll, they'll, they'll just find their way because... People are asking, and when when they ask, they always get you know get the answer. Yeah, yeah, like you said, and it's just whether then they are able to take whatever they hear on board and put it into practice, you yeah. know, to uh, get what the things that they want from life. Exactly, especially yeah. the relationships yeah. that they want from yeah. life. Exactly, yeah. And so, you know, it's sorry, carry on. Like, um, no, I was just saying, you know, the, some of the stuff they watch on telly, you know. I mean, there's so much negativity put out, you know, and they watch they watch soap operas where people are shouting at each other and screaming at each other and yeah. abusing each other. And oh, unless you can just be calm and just look at it and laugh at it. But it's uh, I always I always say I wouldn't invite somebody to come and dump, you know, a truckload of manure into my front living room. And the important thing is to make sure you don't let people do that to your mind. Mm, most definitely yeah it's interesting i stopped working working i stopped working a long time ago i stopped watching soap operas and all that manner of thing a long time ago yeah, i caught yeah. sight of uh one of those married at first sight programs uh, a couple of weeks ago and they yeah. were at a dinner party and they were just all bitching and arguing and slagging each yeah. other off and going yeah. behind people's backs and i was like what is i thought this was about people getting married and trying to work on a relationship but it was all yeah. it was just basically people arguing all the time and and backstabbing yeah. and all the problems that yeah. they had rather than like you said the positives and stuff so it was very interesting like you say that you know there's so much out there 
that yeah. leads us into a negative state and a negative frame of mind. Uh, and unfortunately, yeah. I think because of the way the human brain is wired, it, it has a tendency to seek out the negatives rather than the positives. But oh, definitely, yeah, that's what the course calls the ego. Yeah. The ego wants you. To, the ego wants you to be feeling like a victim of the world, that everything's against you, and that you're not good enough. That's all the ego. Yeah. So I have a I have a little tool which I give my clients. And the minute you hear that voice in your head saying those things, don't try and shut it down. Don't just say quietly i hear what you say but thank god it's not true mm. uh, and that's very powerful because if you think of a child that if you've got children but when the kids are young and they want your attention they keep you know pulling on your trouser leg or you on the mm. not of the stress to get their attention the more they're ignored the more they tell you all you have to do is just let them know you've you've heard them and yeah. you know that yeah. keeps them quiet it's the same with ego yeah it's just like an unruly child yeah, like you said, just acknowledge, acknowledging those inner voices and giving it an alternative. Yeah, an alternative, just let it be. Alternative thing maybe to think about as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm afraid we are rapidly running out of time, John. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And I think there's oh. conversations that we could speak for hours, um, which when we first met for our 15-minute intro call, I think we were on the call for nearly an hour then anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know something, John? I always say that's why... I, I'm writing a book about football now as well in, with all this stuff. Football we talked about, and football is such a powerful medium. It draws people together, you know. And, it, you know, when used, when people learn how to communicate and learn that we're all here for the same thing, football's got a massive power to, to, to uh, part to play in, in changing things, you know. And that's what got us started, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's people, been a pleasure, John. My pleasure. Real if pleasure. If people want to reach it. out to you, John, find out more about what you do, how you can help, and how, how they can get hold of the book, how would they do that? Yeah, well, uh, Miracle Relationships, A Path to Freedom and Joy is a full title. That's available on all Amazon sites and nearly every other book site all over the world. Spanish edition is also out available uh, on Amazon.es, Spain. Um, and then they can also go to my website, which is miraclesrock.com. Or just email me. Feel free to email me at john at miraclesrock.com. That's the simplest way. And I'll always respond. Okay, thanks, John. Uh, all those uh, ways of contacting John will be in the show notes. Um, before Brilliant. I disappear, um, do you have any kind of words of wisdom or a favorite quote or something specifically significant from the book you want to share with the listeners before we finish up? I think the one that I always go with what jumps into my mind, you know, gently, and the one I think is when I change the way I see things, the things I see will change. Mm -hmm. That's simple. Yeah, simple. Very self-explanatory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks again for your time, John. It's absolutely pleasure speaking with you. Um, the show will be out soon. And do reach out to John if you want to find out more and do get a hold of the book. It is a fascinating read. Um, I, I've, I've learned stuff from it myself which is great i always like to to uh, recommend things where you know i've been like i said i've been doing this for 20 years and, and if something pops up i think oh no that's pretty interesting um i always like to advocate that someone give it a good read too um, so thank you again for your time uh, thank you john and i'll speak to you again soon okay great good luck on sunday <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening 
please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.